BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Thank you for tuning in to the Sport Ethos Nets podcast. As always, your host, Cody Mallory. You can find me on Twitter at RealCodyMallory. Tonight, I am once again joined by Joe Farrow. On Twitter, that is at the Joe Farrow and Anthony. How's it going tonight, guys? It's good. <laughs> Very blunt. You're going to ALCS. How about that? <laughs> yes, that, that was great way to kick the night off and now we are currently recording during this after the celtics sixers game and right before the lakers and warriors game warriors just got their ring so it's been a good it's been a good sports day the so warriors far. ring ceremony was so long so long yeah no i they're taking they're still taking forever like the ring ceremony ended 10 minutes ago and the game was supposed to start at 10 it is currently 10 34 and we have not started some of us got work in the morning <laughs> i think we all have work in the morning <laughs> yeah, no, i'm not staying up late because i may watch like the first half <laughs> yeah i'm feeling the same way but um so as joe said it's uh tuesday night which means tomorrow the brooklyn nets officially start game one out of 82 Obviously, everyone knows by now it is against the Pelicans. Before we go into kind of like a season preview, a game preview, there's not a Nets podcast when it comes to game time without talking about an injury report, unfortunately. Um, so let's just very quickly give a quick up, uh, give an update. Um, Seth Curry, Joe Harris, TJ Warren, all three are out tomorrow. Um, Curry and Joe Harris will be reevaluated on Thursday with TJ Warren being reevaluated in November Um, from Christian Winfield on an interview with Joe Harris. He said he is pushing for a return soon from a recent bout with soreness in his left foot, which is the same ankle he had ankle surgery on. Uh, but he also expects to be at a little bit of a limited capacity when he does make his season debut. Guys, we talked about it last week, and I think this was kind of all of our biggest fear was that Joe would not be ready for the season opener on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. You go first, sorry. No, yeah. I mean, we like we were saying the other day, we didn't like – I mean, missing the first game is not the worst thing in the world. I think it's more the long-term concern. Like, guy missed all of last year pretty much, and now he's still battling soreness, and now he's saying when he comes back it's going to be in a limited capacity. 
Does that mean to start off? Does he think he's not going to be able to get back to full strength like at all throughout this season or what's really going on over there? So that's definitely concerning. But at the same time, it's like we knew we kind of had an inkling that this that he wasn't going to make the season opener. Uh, same thing with Seth Curry, obviously, and TJ Warren we already knew about. But that is a lot of shooting the Nets are going to be missing on opening night. And uh, I don't know, that might hurt us. Yeah, before Anthony, real quick, I think the limited capacity part is what concerns me. But go ahead, Anthony. Yeah, like you said, like if it was just like missing the game, he'd be good for Thursday or good next week. It's a different story. I feel like them like kind of like previewing, like leaking to Winfield that he's going to be limited capacity. They're kind of like trying to like temper expectations, which is like kind of sucky because he's like our fourth best player. Well, he is our fourth best player. I don't think it's really much of a debate. So it kind of does suck. Um, Even if he wasn't the fourth best player, he is the fourth highest paid player on the team and on a team that is very much over the cap. So that's something to take note of as well. Yeah, that's a big, big point to keep in mind. I think just what he does with the team, like the spacing he provides, and like unlike Curry and Mills, he can actually like stay in the court and like defend bigger players. So I would say he's the most crucial of all of our shooters. So it really does like hurt us. I'm hoping, like you said, it's just couple weeks he's limited and then like he does return to full strength i don't know though it doesn't seem like it's starting off on the good foot no no pun intended yeah i mean it should be noted that those words were joe harris's words exactly to winfield he spoke to winfield directly he's the one that directly said limited capacity this was not coming from the nets it was coming from joe harris himself so um, with Harris out, Curry out, I think it kind of confirms that we are once again going to see Royce O'Neal and Nick Claxton start alongside the big three, which we saw last Friday night in the last preseason game, again against the Timberwolves, um, where the Nets once again won, and they looked pretty good. Like, Kyrie was doing his thing. Once again, I just love his defensive intensity. There was the play where he was clapping in Anthony Edwards' face on the, uh, I think it was the left wing. He ripped him like Kyrie's bought in. Um, Claxton has even said it uh, uh, to the press recently. Um, Royce looked good again. I mean, the Nets in general, their offensive sets were crisp, and I think it was a great way for them that preseason getting ready for uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, and I think the preseason games, the last two, obviously, we looked a lot better than we did in the first two. And I think that was more along the lines of Ben finding more of a feel and like doing exactly what we were saying on here after the first two preseason games, which is using him in the role that we had James Harden in, which is like the full on focal point of running the offense. And they have looked a lot better when they really start working on that rather than trying to have Ben Simmons make cuts to the basket and trying to feed him in the post and everything else they were trying to do in the first two games. Like, use Ben how Ben is – like, play Ben to his strengths, like we were all saying. And he – they seemed to do that in the last two preseason games, and he looked a lot better. Yeah, I think there's the intensity, too, like just the giving effort. I think like the first two games, they just weren't doing that. And then they finally realized, hey, let's, like, not coast because we did a lot of that last season. Let's try to get right these last two preseason games. So, like, when we start the season, it's not like a let's flip it on now type of thing. It's like we already, like, know what we're capable of. So, I think that was the biggest key. Yeah, sure. I mean, one thing that I want to talk about real quick with this is, obviously, game one's against the Pelicans. 
The Timberwolves started Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. The Pelicans are going to start a very big lineup as well. And the Nets more than held their own against the Timberwolves. I know it was preseason, but they didn't get killed on the boards. and They didn't get killed in the paint, which I think that's kind of everyone's fear against the Pelicans, especially with Zion Williamson, who is just an absolute beast down there. And, I mean, I don't know who's going to match up with them. I don't think they should put Ben on him, but they're probably going to have to just because they don't really yeah. have anyone else. No, I, I agree for sure. I um, I wouldn't like to have Ben just straight up using all of his energy on the defensive end, trying to body up Zion Williamson because that likely just will not work. But the Pelicans are a very, very long team as well. They have guys like Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram, obviously Zion Williamson, and uh, Jonas, right? It's Jonas Valanciunas over there, right? Or am I going nuts? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I am. Okay. I thought it was for some reason. I I always confuse the teams that uh, Valanciunas and Stephen Adams are on for some reason. Yeah. But but yeah, they're a very long team, so they might end up causing some havoc on the glass. But at the same time, uh, I think the Nets should be able to hold their own because we are a very uh, much improved long in term uh, improved team in terms of like length as well. Yeah, I just wonder if we have enough shooting for this game. Like I know we have like, the big three playing, and that should be enough. Just like spacing wise, like I know Royce can kind of space the court. I think Patty's have to play a lot, which is like not ideal with like you're playing a bigger team, but like we really don't have a choice right now. So it's going to be interesting to see where they pick and choose the spots. Maybe like a second unit when like some of the bigger guys are out. So you can kind of hide his poor defense. Maybe throw him like Alvarado or something if he plays something along those lines. But it'll be interesting to see how they match up defensively because I don't think Ben will like just travel with Zion. I think he'll switch on Ingram, he'll switch on Jones. It needs to be like a lot of uh, like switch everything defense we've seen. Like maybe throw Royce a little bit on Zion, try to give the Pelicans different looks and give the Nets some breathers on some of the stars so that so as they get tired out themselves. No, well, yeah, I agree. Yeah, let's do let's do a quick preview on the game against the Pelicans before we go into like a more season thing. Um, the Pelicans are projected according to ESPN. Their depth chart is CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, Zion, and Valanciunas. That's their projected starting lineup. Obviously, a ton of size. Um, you figure Herb Jones is definitely going to match up with KD. Um, Ingram, I would imagine, would start on Royce. Um, and then mm-hmm. McCollum probably guards Kyrie. Valentunas, obviously, on Claxton. And then Zion guards Ben, maybe. That's yeah. what I would imagine. And I would kind of imagine the Nets to almost match up the same way. Um, but much, maybe... Yeah. K, I would probably maybe put KD on Ingram, but like I think it was Joe said, they're going to switch a lot still. Um, so the size is going to be crucial for the Nets. And I mean, besides Kyrie, Royce O'Neal is the next smallest guy. And Royce can match up with Ingram. He could hold his own against Zion every once in a while. I mean, the Nets will have to help. But I would also kind of expect the Nets to help down in the post a fair amount this game, um, help off of Herb Jones. Maybe even help off of Brandon Ingram if he's spotting up, as crazy as that sounds. But I'm just afraid that Zion is going to have an absolute field day down low. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely the main concern. Um, and then also we saw after C.J. McCollum got traded over to New Orleans halfway through last year, he really uh, had an uptick in his playmaking because he was the main ball handler as opposed to when he was playing with Dame for so many years. So his passing ability, I feel like, has always been underrated throughout his career, and him manning that offense might cause a few problems for the Nets too. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. I mean, I think C.J. McCollum is very, very underrated. I mean, he kind of got lost in Portland. Obviously, everyone knew that him and Dame were kind of doing their thing together, but they never really got there. Um, but I think he's a very underrated player. Yeah, I would agree. I think the Pelicans is at a team now. I think they're flying under the radar. I think they can easily be like a top four team in the West, like after the Warriors and Clippers, like in that three, four range, like the Nuggets, maybe Phoenix, like those kind of teams. No, I agree. I think, I honestly think the Pelicans kind of give me grizzly vibes last year where it's just a yeah. bad match where it's just a bad matchup for the Nets. Mm-hmm. I mean they can match up with the Nets defensively um cuz Herb Jones is just a beast defensively. I mean Ingram's got length that he's not a great defender but the length could maybe throw off KD a little bit. Um I think Kyrie I would expect to have a huge game truthfully. I don't think they have anyone to match up with Kyrie. Um Unless Alvarado gets more minutes, um, but he's kind of an offensive liability. But I do think Kyrie would be the one, in my opinion, to have a huge scoring game for the Mets. I mean, obviously, KD is going to do KD. He's going to get 27 at the minimum, but it will be interesting to note. And I think uh, we need Ben Simmons to stay aggressive, of course. But if Zion is on Ben, he's not going to be able to post him up. (laughs) Let's just say that. Yeah. So he's gonna have to get he's gonna have to come off screens, get downhill. Um and the Nets, I would expect them to keep moving him all over the court again. Uh, I agree. Um all right, we gotta do our picks for this game. You guys wanna do it now or at the end of the episode? We'll go at the end. That's the tradition. All right, sounds good. Um let's kind of go more into like a season thing. Um Let's kind of go through a couple of predictions for the entire season. Let's start with starting five. Um, so, obviously, we all know that the starting five is going to be the one that we saw in the preseason when Joe was out the last two games with Royce, Clax, Ben, Katie, and Ty. Let's assume everyone is healthy, which for the Nets is a pretty big assumption. But I'll start with you, Joe. If everyone is healthy with the current roster, who is the starting five for the Brooklyn Nets? Who do you think it is and who do you think it should be? Let's phrase it like that. Okay, I like that better. So who do I think it is? I think it's going to be Kyrie, uh, Kyrie, Joe, KD, Clax. 
who I think it should be, is Kyrie, Ben, Royce, KD, Clax. Okay, I think um, I think most of people next Twitter would agree with you that they think Royce should be the starter, but I feel like a lot of people still believe it's Joe's job. Anthony, mm-hmm. you agree with that? Oh, it's tough. It really depends if Royce can hit his jump, hit his open threes. And from what I've seen in Utah and with preseason games, I think he can. As long as he like remains like a a very above average from three, I think you definitely have to do it. Because with Ben and Clocks not there, I think the shooting is very important from that third player. And like, let's say he struggles from three, you can't afford to have a guy that really can't knock the three ball down. But I don't see that happening. So like, if Royce is like hitting his shots, I think it should be Royce as well. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I think it should be Royce also. And I think it will be Royce if Joe Harris remains, as he said, limited in any capacity at all. If he can only give you like short spurts or whatever, I mean, it just makes sense to have him come off the bench and play 25 minutes a game, 20 minutes a game, especially early on in the season. Um, I think that's what we are all like kind of thinking in general. Um, I think because you were saying fully healthy, if we were getting Joe Harris of old, I do think that Joe Harris would, it would be his spot to lose. But since it's already an uphill battle for him coming back and he's going to have to come back in the league capacity, I think Royce is going to hold that starting spot and it's going to be his to lose at that point. Um, So it's going to be an interesting dynamic when Joe comes back and see how they put it all together. Like if Royce proves that he could, like how he showed flashes in the preseason of him being able to create his own shot at times and being able to knock down his shots. If they would like that more off the bench than they would in the starting lineup where you don't necessarily need that at much with all the star power that we have in that lineup. So it's definitely going to be interesting to say the least. Yeah, I agree. Let's kind of stick with a group of five. Forget starting. Who's closing for the Nets? The closing lineup. Um, I I could start real quick. I think it really depends on who they're playing. But mm-hmm. honestly, I think Claxton was so good in the preseason that if he keeps playing like that, I think Claxton should be in the closing lineup no matter who the Nets are playing against. My only fear, which I'm assuming you guys could probably guess, would be banning Ben and Claxton shooting free throws down the stretch could be an absolute nightmare if they're both in the game. But they're so good defensively with that five. Even if Kyrie's bought in with KD, Royce, Clax, Ben, like they're so long. They have the size to switch. I really think that Ben and Clax can coexist on the offensive end as long as they run a good offensive scheme like we saw in the preseason. So I'm not too concerned about the offensive end besides the free throws. I agree with you completely, actually. I agree with you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if we I have mean, to lay out, if we have to lay out a whole closing lineup, if Cla- if they decide, I I would like if we get this version of Clax for him to be in those lineup. But if they decide to run small ball closing, you could put Ben at the five. You have um, KD at the four. Royce at the three, Kai at the one, and then Joe Harris at the two. Okay. 
I, th- I do think there's certain teams that the Nets can play small against, especially if they're down yeah. like eight points with five minutes left in the game. I could see them going with a lineup like that where they're going to try to get back into the game quick. Um, but, I mean, Clax, I think Clax is going to take the biggest jump out of anyone on the team personally. Tweeted yeah. that today, but he looked good in the preseason. If he could, His biggest thing is he's got to stay on the court. I mean, we all know it. Like, he had the illnesses. Like, Joe was making up illnesses. That's how what happened with Clax last year. I think it was last year. Yeah, he had the Flamonia like, Chingle box. Yeah, exactly. So, like, he's had better unlucky. If he can just stay on the floor, man. He added, um, I think it was Winfield as well that posted. He's listed at, like, 226 now or something. He added 11 pounds of muscle based on what he was yep. listed at last year. Yep. So... I mean, he did everything in the offseason. He worked on his free throws. He, if he can knock down that corner three we've seen him practicing, man, Claxton could be a huge weapon for the Nets. But, uh, Anthony, what do you think on the closing lineup? So it depends. Like you said, um, if guys are hitting free throws or guys are really providing a level defense, then they may be on the court better than Claxton. But if they're playing teams that, like, they can match up, that really depends. I think Katie and Kyrie are the givens here. And then the other three, you can mix and match. Like, big teams, you can run the bigger lineup with, like, Royce, Ben, and Clax. Against teams where you really want to, like, match up that are smaller, you could run, like, a Curry or a Mills, which I would really recommend. But, like, or go Harris, get more shooting on the court, and then run Ben at the five. It really depends how big of a team you're playing. Like like you said, like the Nuggets, or the Timberwolves, or the Sixers, I think you need a center out there. But, like, us teams that are smaller... Like, I really could see the Nets just running a, a lineup of down at the five and just, like, mix and match shooters, whether it's Royce, Joe, Seth, Patty, or even a wild card like T.J. Warren. Yeah. I completely forgot about T.J. Warren when I was thinking about that, actually. Anthony, I have a quick question. You said that you think KD and Kyrie are the locks. Are you, like, implying that Ben Simmons might not be a lock in the closing lineup some games, or – if they do hack a Ben, then yeah, I'm saying he's not a lock. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, that's definitely something that the Nets are probably going to deal with at some point, if not multiple points throughout the season. I mean, if you got Katie or Kyrie with a bunch of shooters getting offensive possessions or Ben Simmons shooting two free throws, I mean, the numbers would say let Ben Simmons shoot the two free throws as opposed to KD or Kyrie shooting anything. So I do think that's a strategy that other teams will definitely try to do. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go with the main rotation. Once again, we kind of have to assume that everyone's healthy. Um, I mean, the starting five is a lock, obviously, from what we said. Joe Harris, if he's healthy, is a lock. Seth Love Curry, you. if healthy, is a lock. I think TJ Warren, I mean, I want to say he's a lock, but, like, we haven't seen him play basketball in two years. So, I mean, can you really say that a guy who hasn't played basketball in two years is a lock? I mean, on paper, he's a lock, but what if he's nowhere near what he used to be? Like, I can't say he's a lock, personally. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I mean, when I would think about a full rotation, obviously we have the star lineup, which we just listed. And for clarification purposes, we said the big three – Royce and Clax move forward out of five. What do you want to say? Like around, you want to say eight guys or nine guys? Probably nine. I mean, even in the regular okay. season, they'll probably run 10. They'll probably run 10. 
But okay, so then if we have those guys in the in the in the starting lineup, then obviously Seth is probably a lot is a lock in the rotation. Joe Harris is a lock in the rotation. <sighs> Unfortunately, I think Patty Mills is a lock in the rotation just with this organization likes him. <laughs> um, I mean, you. Uh, I mean, I think at that point, just for the size that you need, I think TJ Warren, if healthy, has to be a lock. Can I get mine? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just real one quick. I think Utah Watanabe will be a lock. Wait, still my thunder, Cody. That's my hot <laughs> take. But that's what I wanted to jump in there, but you really? there for me. Yeah, I, I, man, he looked good in the preseason. I know he's still not on the guaranteed deal, but he uh, you know who like else should been... be in the rotation? Who could, who actually could squeak in there and find some minutes based on how they looked in the preseason? Edmund Sumner, too. True. He looked very good. Would yeah, not I mean, we did. The Nets are deep, man. We didn't mention Cam Thomas. We didn't mention Dayron, who could be the That's backup good. center. Yeah. Um, like the Nets are deep, and I think they can play a lot of different styles, deep. which is good. But uh, all right, let's move on to who will be the next most hated Nets player. We're going to call it the oh. TLC Award. Oh. The TLC James Johnson Award. Who's going to be it this year? <laughs> I, think, I think the obvious bet is Patty Mills, just because a lot of Nets fans are already shitting on the guy on Twitter and we're in the preseason. Um, yeah. I think Patty's the obvious one. I could see a lot of guys getting mad at Keith as well, Mark Keith, if he somehow plays. Yeah. If he's not knocking down shots, but I I gotta go with Patty. I'm rolling with Patty. I took the obvious one. Sorry, guys. Oh man, yeah, you kind of left us a little <laughs> stuck. Um, honestly, thinking about like the Nets rotation in general, uh, I feel like if they give him another chance and he starts stinking it up, I feel like it could be Kessler Edwards. A lot of people were also really mad at him during the preseason with how he looked. Um, and I don't know if he's going to play that much, but I mean, he showed us so much promise last year and if he gets rotational minutes and he looks how he looked this preseason, then I feel like he's the next man up for that award. Yeah, that's a good one, Joe. I agree with that. And like, I, like you said, Cass showed a ton of potential and I really hope he doesn't fall in that category, but I think there is unfortunately a chance. He just plays timid still, in my opinion. I think think on our... I think on the last podcast that we did, I said that I feel like he's going to be one of our biggest X factors, and then he proceeded to stink it up in the last two preseason games. So, <laughs> yeah. knows? I'm going to go with Dayron Sharp. I think the backup five is going to be the worst one oh. this year. I think his lack of discipline with the fouling may get Nets fans very frustrated, and it may force the Nets to trade for a backup five. Yeah. So, Anthony's Basically saying that Twitter will be calling for Miles Turner again. Fuck it. I, the salary I know now does not make sense, so that's not going to happen. <laughs> well, PJ Washington. Yep. Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba is my guy, but I don't know. We'll see. I um, mean, it would be pretty sick if, like, we can – if the Nets could pull off a Mo Bamba trade and we go to a playoff game and this man gets, like, a block and they start blasting a song in the arena, that would be pretty sick. <laughs> Joe Sai, think about the business potential, please. True. He's lost a lot of money last year. Get some of that money back, Joe Sai. Yeah. Not by t- uh, not by increasing ticket prices, please. True. 
right, let's go. Um, most Nets player most likely to win an NBA award. Which award is it? I shouldn't say player. It could be anything. Any net. It could be Steve Nash winning Coach of the Year, Joe. But any person, <laughs> any person. By the way, that was a joke. That's not going to happen. Any person <laughs> in the Nets organization or player, like it could be Sean Marks winning Executive of the Year. It could be Ben Simmons winning Rookie of the Year again. What do you wow. guys think? Who's most likely to win an award, and what award is it? Can we count? To- does it have to be like like an MVP type award, or can it be like a statist- leading a statistical category? Yeah, it could be anything, anything you want, Joe. <laughs> okay, I like I like Ben Simmons to lead the league in assists. Okay, I think that's fair. I think it's definitely possible. This is probably the most offensive firepower he's ever played with. And we I saw in preseason. Uh, that was like that was like got. plus eleven hundred on FanDuel, by the way, if anybody wants to know. <laughs> I think Joe might have placed a bet on that, but maybe, maybe not. Anthony, um, you got one? Uh so I, besides Kyrie and KDB on all NBA teams, I'm gonna say Yeah, that's that's uh, a good one. I'm going to say uh, Cam Thomas, most improved player. Okay. We just didn't name Bro in our rotation. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't give a rotation, to be fair. but uh, he, he definitely could be. I feel like he, later down the line, if Patty Mills does turn into Mr. TLC or James Johnson, then that's the guy right there to take his minutes. So. Jordan Poole 2.0. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think Cam Thomas definitely has that kind of potential if he cracks the rotation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't I don't think Steve Nash loves this play style, truthfully. I think they kind of – I don't know. We'll see. But I'm going to go with – I think if anyone's winning most improved on the Nets, I know I tweeted it, so it's kind of cheating today, but I think it's Nick Laxton, honestly. I just don't know if he's going to do enough in a box score to get recognition, like, league-wide for that award. But as far as it goes, the most improved on the Nets, I think it's going to be Claxton. Um, we kind of bashed what the roster needs. I think we all agree it's another big or a stretch big, so we could probably skip that. Um, amount of All-Stars. How many All-Stars are the Nets going to have, if any? Two. Do you want to say which two? Because I think there's three guys that could be fighting for it. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Uh, I feel like the media won't allow Ben Simmons in. I'll do two. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. I think that's a safe bet to say those two. How many games will Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons play combined? Not like together, just the two combined. How many games are they going to play this year? Do you guys think? One thirty. I if they win one, if they play one thirty, the Nets are the one seed in the East. I'll say that right now. But Joe, uh, I'll one sixty four. Just so you know. Oh, thanks for the math. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll say along the lines of like one fifteen. Yeah, I was going to be closer to 110, personally. I think mid-50s yeah. for both of them is reasonable. Maybe one gets in the 60s. I mean, if they get to 130, like, hell yeah, Anthony. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> You're actually going to play 10 games tomorrow. <laughs> Don't you dare. 
<laughs> Stop it right now. <laughs> it's uh, two years ago all over again. And last year, the year before. Stop it. Yeah, it's basically just every single season since like, Kyrie's been here. Like, a world Let's have hell. hope. Let's Ramp have hope. Up. The season hasn't even started yet. Ramp up. Stop. Let's get enough of this, Anthony guy. Let's yeah. end with a standings prediction. <laughs> Let's go. I don't know if you guys want to do top eight in the East, if that's too much to throw at you right now. If you want to just go where you think the Nets will finish in the East. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'll say that the Nets are the three seed. Three but seed? If, you, if you want to do the top eight, then I'm down with that. Yeah, Joe, give your top eight first. We'll give Anthony a second. You want it in about. order or just like the top? Uh, um, okay, I guess I'll try to do it in order. I think I think that the Boston Celtics are the one seed. Okay. The Milwaukee Bucks are the two seed. Nets are the three. Miami Heat is fourth. Um, crap. Oh, oh no, wait, mind. The Cavaliers are fourth. The Miami Heat are fifth. I'm trying to think who else is even. Um, Philly, Atlanta, Raptors, yeah, I'll, Bulls. I'll put, I'll put Philly is six. Atlanta is seven. No, yeah, Philly is six. Atlanta is seven. And probably Raptors. I'm not, I'm not that hot. Raptors, Bulls, Knicks are probably the next best three. Yeah, I'll probably go Bulls eight. Okay. My and list. Raptors, Raptors end up being nine, I think. My list is similar. I had Bucks one. I actually had the Nets at two. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the Celtics at three. I mean, the Celtics have a lot of question marks. I know they looked really good against Philly tonight. Um, I have Philly at four, Miami at five, the Cavs at six, the Hawks at seven, the Raptors at eight, and then the Bulls at ninth. So, I mean, our lists are pretty similar, actually, Joe. Yeah, I was just trying to think about, like, I mean, obviously, all those teams, like, the East is loaded, but it's just, like, I'm trying to see, like, what teams have guys that are going to be available. And I was going to put the Bucks at one, but I know Middleton may be out for a little bit, and I want the Bulls to be higher as well, but Lonzo is going to be out for a long time, and we saw last year when he went down, he was really, like, the glue that held that team together. So, it's definitely an interesting one. I think the Bulls will take the biggest slide in the Eastern Conference, personally. From six? From from where no, from where they were last year. Yeah, I think they're going to be. No, they're so playing. They, they were what? They were eight, right? Or no, they were they were six. They were six. Yeah, they were six. Right. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna be like nine, ten in that area. But Anthony, you can go. We go Philly, the one seed. Whoa! Think Philly, the one seed. I think they have a lot of depth this year, and they added a lot. And I think they're they're regular. Um, Philly's the one seed, Brooklyn's the two seed, Boston three, Milwaukee four, Cleveland five, Cleveland five, Atlanta six, um, Miami seven. I'm going to go New York Knicks at eight. Okay. Wow. I don't think I think I'm not high on the Bulls. Vucevic took a step back last year. Alonzo's out for a while. I think DeRozan played his peak self. And I don't know. I just think I think they take a step back. But uh, the Raptors right. could either actually maybe Raptors eight. I'm gonna go Raptors eight next time, then Bulls ten. Yeah, I think that's fair. Oh. I, I mean 
bottom line. I think Charlotte's going to be horrendous. I think Orlando's going to be horrendous. I think Detroit will be bad, but they'll be like on the upcoming. Yeah, I think the Pacers are going to be trash. Yeah, there's only like three or four really bad teams in the East, which is like kind of annoying because like in years past, the East has been like a dumpster fire. And now it's like you does not write a lot of soft spots in the schedule. Yeah, and even right. even when you look at the teams that you think should be bottom dwellers just off the top of your head, like like the Pistons, it won't shock me if they somehow sneak into a play-in spot. Like, it really won't. Oh, the Wizards are throughout, too. They're kind of eh. Yeah. The West yeah. have a lot of bad teams. Look, you, think, you look at bad teams in the West. Houston's bad. I would say OKC's bad. Sacramento's bad. San Antonio's bad. Utah's bad. Um, I think the Lakers are. I think the Lakers are horrendous. Um, I just watched oh. that to go fade away three, and I saw Westbrook playing one. Yeah, Westbrook just missed the layup. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I think the West is definitely the worst conference now. I think the East is better at the top, and I think it's deeper, which hasn't been the case for a long time. Yep. Yeah, I think since I started watching basketball, the, the West has always been the better conference. So I've been watching yeah. like 13, 14 years, like – Intensely, so yeah, it's pretty crazy to think about. Yeah, I mean, the East is loaded, but any other awards you guys want to do before we predict tomorrow's game? I mean, we got to beat Joe this year, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, no, Joe, Joe, like we said, Joe took advantage of a losing streak. He's a he's a pessimist, but I'm not. <laughs> any um, other things? Any other awards or predictions or anything you guys want to give season long? Russell uh, Westbrook winning sixth man of the year. Stop it. What <laughs> the streets? <laughs> I have one more. Real, real quick. Yes or no? No explanation. Does Steve Nash finish the year as the Brooklyn Nets head coach? I have to give an explanation real quick. Okay, Perfect. make it quick. <laughs> if the Celtics end up firing Ime Udoka, no. Okay. Anthony? He stays as coach. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say, yes, he remains the coach as well. Um, all right. Let's go into predictions for tomorrow night's game against Pelicans. I mean, I can't believe we're already back at game one. Joe, you're going to go first, my guy, since you're the champion. Are we serious? Okay. I'm oh, taking yeah. a Nets win. Obviously, I have to off the bat. Um, Cody, you yeah, I'm also taking a Nets win. I think it's going to be close, though. I think it's going to be a very close game. Should be a lot of fun, but Nets win. Yeah, I think the Brooklyn Nets win as well. All right. So yeah, there I, it is. We're all, pre- we're all predicting. You guys are scared to go, to go against the Denver. I think they actually win, so I'm going to go with what I think. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. But, uh, <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening to the Sports Ethos podcast with Joe and Cody. One of the two begins tomorrow.